Uh, nobody, um, expects. Uh, expects. Nobody expects. A long expected party. <laughs> In case you haven't noticed, we are re-reading Lord of the Rings for the first time in many years. Mm-hmm. And um, so certain things, even though we've both read this book many times, like certain things are becoming much more, you know, you, you notice certain things that you never noticed before. Yeah, yeah. You're and like, especially uh, having just watched Rings of Power. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> Especially having just wide strings of power. <laughs> I couldn't help but notice a problem in Rings of Power and a way in which Lord of the Rings was really cool. You know, okay. the, like the, this this Lord of the Rings, the book, is outshining Rings of Power even from the get-go. From this... Oh, sh- <laughs> Rings of Power even from the get-go. Oh, shoot. Did I hit something? <laughs> what was that? I don't know. It sounded like... Uh... Okay, it's creepy. What can that be? Uh, <laughs> like the mystery box. <laughs> I need to reass- I need to assign my drops. I know. Okay, I gotta figure fine. these out. Okay, anyway. I, well, okay, just real quick. All yeah, right. go ahead. Uh, like, if you don't hit the rings of power, like. Like if you don't hit that, <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry about. It. Just add it. We in, can it add it in be, later. Yeah, because it might great. be funny if it's like really, really quiet in the background. <laughs> Barely audible. Yeah, that'd be actually yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> All right. So, if you recall, Rings of Power started <laughs> with this real grandiose epic moment. Uh, a ba- basically a chase scene yeah. and it was trying to get us kind of into this cliffhanger from the get-go like oh right. i really i really am concerned about all this because right. look what a dramatic way to start a, a saga or a story yeah look can i, can I make a point look yes. you're all the way up all the way up all the way up all the way up what can you go nowhere exactly <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. That's exactly my point, really. That's exactly Dude, my point. This is, this is, this starts at ten, and there's nowhere to no, go. No, it starts at eleven. Yeah, it I starts mean, at eleven. At, yeah, it's like I mean, and, and and it's not like you can make this one louder and make this louder and make ten the loudest. This is just like that's as an excellent loud metaphor, as you can get. by the way. So, but yeah, that's exactly my point. Is that it starts here, but. People could say, well, 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 Jackson's Rings of Power started here where it was all like epic, right? Mm-hmm. The difference, the difference is the epic grandiosity of Jackson's Ring of Jackson's Lord of the Rings started here, but these are not the main characters of Lord of right. the Rings. These are unknown people by our, by most viewers' standards who are sitting down to watch Lord of the Rings for the first time. You know, Tolkien fans would know who these people were. But right. this is not, like, really step one of the story. This is background information. Like, I, I feel bad, though. I mean, I really do feel bad. Because, like, you see the guy right over um, uh, Elendil's uh, 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 left shoulder there? Don't know uh, who he is. <laughs> that was his one moment of uh, being on on screen, and he just looks terrible. I know. Is that what you're saying? 
you're saying everybody knew who they were. I, I don't I forget it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, right. no, just to- big Tolkien fans knew, you know, the story of Elendil and Isildur and uh, Isildur's bane cutting the ring from Sauron's hand, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So the big Tolkien fan would be familiar with that. The un the people who would not be f- the people who are new to Tolkien who are watching this movie, you know, un- not knowing the Lord of the Rings story, would be like, oh, what's all this? And immediately, what's all this? Then? And immediately it. <laughs> Jackson's story immediately dives down back into Hobbiton from these lofty heights. So there's this huge stark contrast between these, you know, this this war between these great powers, you know, of these great heroes, the thing, of the, these great heroes from ancient history. Yes, yes. And then suddenly you wake up and it's dawn in the in the Shire, and there's just like little hand carts and daffodils and. You know, right, right. And stuff. Here, here's the difference. Here's the difference, though, too. Like, like the characters in this, in this, uh, in the intro. Okay, yeah. the characters in the intro are very important. Don't get me wrong, but the most important thing in the intro, right, mm-hmm. is the ring getting cut from Sauron's finger. Right, 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 and uh, Gollum finding it. Yeah, and and it's lost. That's it. Right, you know what I'm talking right. about. Like, right. like you, you don't need to know anybody's name, any anything mm-hmm. here. You, all you need to know is like the ring falls off. So yeah. as that, I mean, this is like kind of like some cool fan service, but this is like this is like it, this works because it's like it, it's 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 uh it's it's setting the stage of of what happened. You know right, because usually about? exposition in a novel is is quite boring. Like if you've ever read a Jane Austen novel. It's like first she takes a few pages where she talks about how everyone's related to each other and how someone's uncle died and left the inheritance to so and so. And it's just like this kind of background information that you don't really it just gets your bearings in the story. And it's right, very right, right. it's very domestic and a little bit right. boring. Here it's like you start with this epic battle and people who are going to see a movie they want that they want like ooh, yeah. like, right it's like in medias res you jump right into the action and everything's cool and like you know people are wielding axes and everyone's like oh cool but i think it'd be super disappointing like you said it'd be already at 11 and there'd be nowhere else to go if these were hobbits that were these were frodo sam etc in this action right 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 because right. they're <clears throat> like oh wait we don't even know who Frodo and Sam are yet, and here they are in this epic battle. Why should I give a f- about? Right, right, right. You know what They're I mean? setting the stage. Like, right. So my point is, like, it's it was interesting, or I think it was justified or justifiable that Jackson would have this epic, grandiose intro. Mm-hmm. It be simply because it's 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 excusable because it's ancient history and it's a kind of a cool sword sword play kind of way of doing exposition for background right, right. for background purposes and, and it does then, really it, it introduces El, it introduces Elrond too which again now like what that does when he when he makes his appearance later is is kind of like oh damn that kid, that cat's been around for a while you right know but, you realize yeah. he's no mortal man yeah he's an um, elf but you know, but uh, Rings of Power, on the other hand, the main character is the one that's starting cranked up to eleven, in terms right. of like cliffhanger <clears throat> and you know special effects and ooh, look at this grandiose thing! It's already happening, and yeah, it's this cliffhanger. She's hanging from this cliff, literally, 
And I'm like, yeah, but I don't care about her yet. There's yeah, no yeah. one given me any anything to kind of personalize her or make her warm and fuzzy and friendly to me to so that so that my heartstrings are feeling for this poor person. And look at her face, like she's so composed. <laughs> like she doesn't even really look like she's struggling. Like Right, right. Have, have you ever have you ever hung from a cliff? Or actually I like, never like, have never an right. icy okay. cliff from thousands let of feet. Let me ask you up. this. Okay, let me ask you this. Let me, have you ever like ha- how many pull-ups can you do? Like dude, after about, these days like, after about 5 pull-ups, dude, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to make it to 10. But anyway, but, my point is like okay. it was an attempt by these writers and I hate to like bring all this up again. There's an attempt by these writers to really kind of get us by the seat of our pants and be like, oh, we're committed to this story. This is going to be amazing. But it's like they totally blew their load because they have this big moment. And I'm like, yeah, but you need to make us care about her first. So so anyway, it was a big moment. It started with a big moment, but it it started with a big moment for the main character. All of this (laughs) is all this is a preamble for my main point. Which is simply that a long-expected party, you know, reading it again for the first time in many years, struck me as extremely cozy and mundane in a good way. Like, look at it. (laughs) It's like so uh, domestic and you have... You know, its its concerns aren't, hey, we need to climb this peak to find Sauron. It's, we need to feed our kids. We need to go to this party because, hey, free food. Free food. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, but the other thing, though, too, is when it started, when, like, when, when the, it was from the Shire's point of view, as it were, right? Yeah. Where it wasn't like here's Bilbo. It's like oh, they they go to buy water. They like like they're they're like Tolkien was setting up, you know, the, he was setting the, the scene. He was basically giving like the first, uh, you know, um, oh here's here's where we're at right because they end up at the Green Dragon, you know, like mm-hmm. you know talking about how Mad Baggins is you know doing this. And they talk about Frodo. They introduce a lot of characters, which again was weird because. You don't have like a real point of view from anything. I don't know. Like, it's not written from uh, like a, a perspective, like Bilbo's perspective. It goes to Bilbo's perspective. Okay. All right. I see what you're saying. What you're saying. And how? And 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 at the end of this chapter, like so, it goes from like the Shire's uh, perspective, as like so to speak, down to Bilbo's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And then it goes. Right. Then then when when the, the rings passed to Frodo. Yeah. Now it's Frodo's story from there on out. You know, right. but it's, it's weird. It's interesting like, like, because, and I don't think this is an accident, but Frodo is 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 uh, Bilbo's heir, right? And he inherits Bagend, and you know the the whole party is like basically Bilbo, <laughs> big a Bilbo. big a big. The whole party is a big f off to uh, to the, the Sackville Bagginses. Sackville Bagginses, yeah. <laughs> Um, but the whole party is him handing off back end. It's like, okay, he's my heir. He's yeah. coming into his own. He's, he's coming of age and basically Bilbo's abandoning it. So Frodo's inheriting back end yeah. and he inher- he's inheriting the ring. He's inheriting the ring too. Right, almost right. as part of the, his inheritance as, as heir. But, and this is the odd thing as, as an author, when you're like when you're mapping out when you're organizing your story 
the same moment that Bilbo kind of leaves all this stuff to Frodo as his inheritance, Frodo also inherits the position of being principal protagonist and yeah, yeah. you know, he's the he's the main guy that's being followed from then on. So it's like Frodo inherits Hobbit in the Ring and Principal Protagonist from Bill Bell and, and all the at the story same time. For, yeah, yeah. Here's what I thought was interesting, though, too. It's like, like, um, and none of the 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 cinematic, uh, um, or or television, um, uh, adaptations touched on this, but Gandalf knew that Gandalf knew that Bilbo was going to put the ring on to disappear. Right. I mean, I'm jumping. I'm jumping topics here. You know. I'm no, sorry. it's okay. I mean, um, you but know, why, it, but but at this point, he didn't know enough to know how dangerous that was. Enough. That yeah, yeah, he yeah. Should stop him from doing that because had he known? Speaking of our namesake, speculative Tolkienism. Let's speculate. If Gandalf had known that the ring was the One Ring at this early stage. Would he have told Bilbo, there is no effing way I'm going to let you put this ring on and disappear yeah, in front of I, all of Hobbiton and of, of, in front of all these Shire folk that will gossip, that are known to gossip anyway? It'll right. be all over <clears throat> all over town and it will be talked about for nine or 90 days or whatever it was. Yeah, you know? or a year and a day. Or a year and a day or 90 years. 90 years. No, um, no, I, I, but, I, but, but again, I think... Um, what was Bilbo going to do though? Like if if okay, it's hundred um, hundred eleventh birthday, right? Oh, wait, say that again. It's hundred eleventh birthday. What what birthday was it? Hundred eleven, right? Am I eleventy one? There you go. <laughs> so sorry, sorry. Eleventy first birthday. Okay, eleventy first birthday. Okay, 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 okay. That that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh no no that's cool I should I should have known I should have known my bad <laughs> right okay I know okay it's eleventy first birthday um like what, what I mean what do you do I mean like 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 at then okay you so gotta so put on a ring I mean what else <clears throat> are you let's speculate do? <clears throat> but let's speculate about this okay Gandalf knows this one ring Gandalf knows that Bilbo's been in possession of this far longer than he probably should have. Bit, right, right. So this is all assuming he knows that it's the the One Ring. Yeah, this is assuming okay. he knows it's One Ring on 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 his birthday, and like, hey, Bilbo, you <clears throat> you got to go go, you know, take off. I mean, does he get give, give to Frodo because like of the uh, of the youth factor, you know? Right. Um, Frodo's thirty thirty three, you know, so right. he, he basically is like giving like. A twenty-one-year-old, like uh, you know, keys to a Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and he or, or an eighteen-year-old for actually, well, you know, it's almost like, fortuitous then that Gandalf didn't know for sure that it was the Ring of Power because if he had known, he probably would have been like, "Ooh, this doesn't sound like a good idea to give it to this irresponsible tween." Right, right, right. Like, and and the whole idea that that maybe Bilbo was was not so far gone that he couldn't give up the ring. But it had its meat hooks in it, in him, so to speak. You know, right? So. He was almost there. Mm -hmm. He was, was almost, almost to the point. Where yeah. he, it was a struggle. You know. Yeah. It was like, and they really actually did that that well in uh, Peter Jackson, the Peter yeah, Jackson yeah. movie, where you almost saw Bilbo's face almost change into almost 
get demonic for half a second. Remember that? He's like, ah! Right, right, right. And then, yeah. and then, and then you had Gandalf, uh, uh, a, a, a nod back to, to to his powers when he landed in the meteorite, and then uh, he bent the trees to his will uh, when the young Harfoots were there. On the- was was that in Lord of the Rings? No, that was in Rings of Power. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, cool. All right. Well. Um, well, no, but but what I'm saying though is, it's like, wh- I mean, what happens though? I mean, what happens? Like, I mean, you know, I've seen a few of these, uh, like, um, you know, like, what happens if Gandalf gets the ring? Gandalf would have never taken the ring, right? But what happens if Gandalf doesn't know it's one ring? Okay, and then he's like, and Bilbo's like, oh, here, Gandalf. Well, it, it's a conundrum for Gandalf because if he did know it was the one ring, he'd be like, okay, I can't let Bilbo keep it. I can't give it to this kid, Frodo. I can't take it myself. What does he do? But it's so, but it's so weird as a ring bearer because Gandalf. At this point, had had the the fire ring, he had the Narya, right? Yeah. The ring came into Gandalf's possession of the Third Age after it was entrusted to him by its former wielder, Cirdan. So. Okay. And there yeah. was no other. There was no other occasion for him receiving that other than, "Hey, welcome to Middle Earth." Welcome to Middle Earth. Here's ring. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I wonder if that pissed You're off. You're going to need this. Yeah, but but I mean, it's so weird though because I mean, again, I it, it, when you when you think about it, like. And and I mean, like, like uh, there's a lot of like kind of iffy kind of things, but I always imagine that, you know, and, and then what I've read is like all the, the the Astari arrived on a boat, one thousand third age, and mm. uh, they all they all arrived together and went their separate ways from there. Yeah, but that's that's uh, so so when you were talking about uh, Naria. Oh. So what yeah, but what I'm saying is like, why, like no, but the, the point I was driving at is like, I, I'm wondering like maybe he didn't fully trust like this ring of power that 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 Bilbo right. and Frodo had, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, if he knew that there were, he must know something about the lore of the rings, the lore of the rings, the lore of the rings. Being a ring bearer himself, he would know what to watch out for. In fact, you'd wonder like he should be even more more careful than he was i guess you could say but yeah yeah um yeah that's debatable um oh, but but but, but again okay go ahead no I th- no i can't remember okay okay well you're radio oh go ahead i do remember <laughs> but go ahead okay go no 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 go okay so, all right so um do you think gandalf was actually physically wearing naria this whole time or was it like on a chain around his neck, or no, no, he's. I think he was wearing it the whole time. He's wearing it the whole time. You can't see it I though. I mean, oh, you can't see it because I don't remember whole, I... Tolkien like describing him having. I mean, he's described as a wizard with a stick <clears throat> and a, a hat right, right, right. He never beard, described. They, he's never described as wearing a ring. Right, right, but but and and this might have been that that okay. So when uh, jumping ahead, when Frodo was a. Uh, um, meeting with Gladril and they were looking in the mirror of Gladril and he saw the one ring mm. right or not the one ring the the ring that the, the Gladril was wielding mm. Sam couldn't see the ring all it looked like was a star that was on her finger like the rings are invisible to, the, uh, oh, to right. anybody other than than ring bearers and that's mm. why Frodo could see it and Sam couldn't yeah here's this thing <clears throat> this, 
this they had to keep uh, them hit they had to keep them hit this invisibility theme i guess carries on because remember if, if you remember back to speculative tolkienism one we actually mm-hmm. talked about w- why invisibility like invisibility seems like kind of a random attribute for a ring of any you know a ring of power especially a the ring of power like invis- right right but right. then we we kind of went down that road so if you're interested in the question of why invisibility check out uh episode one of uh speculative tolkienism why not invisibility <clears throat> why not like uh yeah uh, um, caleb brimbor all this ring does is make you invisible <laughs> you invisible. know and then oh, what should i do with it caleb brimbor it's like throw it in the rubbish bin because <laughs> this is shite <laughs> shite it just makes you invisible. What good is it? Just that? Your, what, what are you going to do? Sneak around and steal bread? <laughs> you know what it could do? It could, it could make you run really fast, like Berthold. Remember Berthold? Right. From, from Baron von Munchausen. Right. It, maybe. M- maybe. Yeah, yeah, Eric Heidel, right? Eric Heidel. Yeah, was he Berthold? Yeah. Was he Berthold? Right. I think so. But would, what, that could that would have been even better. Like, oh, what's it do? There's a ring that makes you run fast. So put a fire um, under your bum. Right. There's a ring that gives you super strength. Strength. <laughs> that would be funny, though. There's <laughs> like... a ring that makes you talk like you're from London. Oh, you right. Bankers. Right. Get in the bag. Right, this come awful handy and form of maggots around. You might go steal some mushrooms. That's <laughs> uh, stupid. I, I, that sounded terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Our, yeah, our, my 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 audience. We do have some viewers from the, the right. UK, so I'm. We do apologize. Sorry that, that yeah. I I don't think I don't think you say mushrooms like that. I, we got to talk to Paul and find out how we do. Like a oh no, no, he don't. Accent. He's not. His, <clears throat> his accent is not typical. So he would not typical know. of London. Not at all. Um, every once in a while, you'll see a, a a British person who can do an American accent, but usually it's like, eh, I could tell it's not real. You know what hey, I mean? Kate, Kate, Kate Winslet uh, does. Yeah, it really I'm good. saying some some of the better ones are like, okay, you're doing it. Right, right, right. I always thought because I lived in England for a while, and I just felt like, and maybe okay, real quick, off the top, off the beaten path, but okay, cool. But, let's, let's do like, this shit. Is it that, okay, English, American English to my ears sounds, and here's the word that I use for it, it sounds unadorned. Unadorned. It sounds flat and plain. Hmm. Now, is that just because it's the one I speak? It's probably because it's the one you speak. But then again, though, I mean... Whereas, like, like, whereas when you're speaking with a, a foreigner who speaks English, it's like, it has all these little trinkets all over it. Yeah. Hello. All these little doodads. I think, and honestly, I, you know, you know honestly, I, salts. I think, I think because, uh, like, you know, like proper English or what, what do they call it? Uh, C- uh, RQ. No, RC. RP. RC. RP. RP. Received um, pronunciation. Right. Um, that it has been used. <clears throat> to to um like it's like a, a regal sounding accent you know there's a huge gap a huge difference between like working class as you know working class english right right and the, and the because like the orcs speak <laughs> the orcs speak like working class cockney kind of right english. that right. just shows the 
The we haven't had no rather free stinking days. Meats on the menu again, boys. Oh, I know. Anyway. <laughs> it's like, like, I have expected him to say, like, oh, you like Manchester United? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a West Ham fan. <laughs> Oh, we're gonna go 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 play some footy after this, right? <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> okay. Oh, so let's. I just want to make a few points about this, and then we're. Yeah, we we haven't even talked. We haven't really talked about logs. Party. Well, we might have to break this up into two different episodes. Uh, yeah, but anyway. You know, you, you use the metaphor of turning it up to 11. This turns it all the way down to one or zero. Right, right. Because it's so domestic and it's so like, it's like I brought up the whole Jane Austen novel. It goes back into this Jane Austen novel mode. And when I say that, I mean, it's all about relations. It's all about, right. oh, I have this uncle. I have these cousins. They're my, they're, they're inheriting my estate. It's Jane Austen. You know what I mean? And it's like. You have people with whom you have petty rivalries. And right, right. Bilbo, in this uh, opening chapter, does little... He trolls his enemies, in a way, when he gives uh, he gives his gifts from Bag End. Yeah, yeah. And he, yeah. he returns, you know, he, he gives... Uh, who was it? Uh, someone gets a, a bookcase because they have oh, a yeah, habit. Yeah. They have a habit of not returning books. And he's like, from a contributor, here's this bookcase. So he's like trolling his neighbors. But you can see that, like, this is not, I mean, this is petty stuff. I mean, not to, not to begrudge Bilbo his trolling his neighbors. That's, that's fine. Go, go for it, Bilbo. But it's, it's very petty. And it's very like, oh, you know, all, when you're in this kind of rural bumpkin place where everyone's just about getting a free meal and hey did you return my book actually the the first step before we even meet all these other hobbits is you meet the gaffer right yeah yeah, yeah. gaffer the gaffer is the one basically that introduces the lord of the rings he is step 1 in bilbo's story and then therefore in frodo's story and therefore in lord of the rings but you go through the gaffer which i actually think this whole thing I'm describing where Tolkien wants to start not at the heights, not at, not at the cliffhanger heights, climbing mountains, but at right. the lowliest moment of we're in the Shire, we're in the weeds, we're, we're digging up potatoes in the garden. And this is the rural life of like these simple folk. Right, and right. it actually is the most, it's the coolest contrast to start this epic there. If he started it anywhere else, it wouldn't have that same effect, but he starts it right there in the, in the soil from which like he grows this vast like mythology or whatever. Well, but, well, I mean, but again, then, I mean, yeah, it, it would make sense. Cause I like, like I'm thinking like of more of, of, of the Shire, but yeah, I think a good call. I think it, it is told like the, the, the intro is told from the gaffer's point of view because like, it, yeah, as it were, because he was the one who was like uh, telling everybody what was going on. He, he, uh, he was kind of holding court at the uh, at the Green Dragon, right? And it's all about like neighborly gossip, and yeah, it just t- it has just this very kind of homey, um, peasant folk, rural folk vibe to it, which and, is such in such car- stark stark contrast with the concerns of the you know high elves and the kings and the 
the Maiar Dark Lords and all the stuff that that ends that the story builds to. It builds to this climax from this lowly intro. They weren't hearing hearing rumors from from far away at that time, were they? I can't remember because I I, I, I jumped a few chapters ahead, so I might be getting ahead of myself. Well, um, I, I mean, that's the other cool thing is that there's this sense of what's that Danish word, Heige or Heige, H-Y-G-G-E? Oh, you ask me what that Danish word is. I, the only Danish <laughs> word like I know is like, Right, right, right. You know, do you know what I'm talking about? Anyway, there's just like, but anyway, but this is like quintessential that, however you pronounce yeah, yeah, yeah. it. And <clears throat> it's like cut off from the craziness of the wider world but there's always this sense that you know they occasionally see dwarves and even in yeah the, yeah yeah they, how, i mean they weren't completely so cut off they weren't completely cut off <clears throat> there, there was ancient lore that that they probably heard through the grapevine of a grapevine of a grapevine about yeah and they the still saw elves and Go ahead. They still saw elves going through there, right? <clears throat> they, they knew you know, that they, they were in a. They knew that <clears throat> they were in a wider world, but that makes it yeah, even yeah. cooler. Like there's, there's a sense that there's a sense of mystery of difference between here we are, we're cozy, we're hobbits, and somewhere out there we we don't. Oh, and and when when Gaffer tells people at the uh, Green Dragon that his son uh, Sam is learning his letters from Bilbo. Basically, not that anything, yeah, yeah, not meaning like that. That any trouble will come of it. Him knowing right. letters and stuff like that. Right, right. But that's like elves and dragons are. You know, he's like uh, people. People resist. They're like that's that's all that highfalutin stuff that we don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We hobbits don't want to have anything to do with. Again, yeah. it sets the hobbits up as being this these people who are resistant to this the troubles of the wider world. And that's that is cool because it shows later you sh- you see later that the troubles of the wider world you can never keep them at bay really yeah you, oh, go ahead no no I was saying but it's interesting though again like so we're we're, we're saying this like this the, the point of view of the Shire then it goes to the point of view of Bilbo and then the story actually really begins you know what I'm talking about this is like a lot of like um the exposition yeah as it were. Until Frodo gets the ring, and then when Frodo gets the ring, all of a sudden, like it, it focuses. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It feels like anyway. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I actually found a, a scholarly essay that I actually want to read real quick. I know we've been going. Okay. Off. It's by a, a Tolkien scholar. I think she's from Norway, or but and her name I believe is pronounced Celia Revdal. I had a friend. I had a, my, our German friend Silka. It's kind of pronounced, it's written the same except a J instead of a K, Silia oh. or Silka, uh, well, Revdal. Right. Anyway, but she wrote this, uh, I think it's her thesis called The Importance of Hobbits. Okay. And it's interesting because it talks about um, a long expected party and how, like what we were just talking about, how Frodo, when he inherits like the story and he becomes the principal protagonist, mm-hmm. he is like, he signals like when the when the story really gets going and when hobbits really should be taken seriously because according to her and i think it's true that like earlier versions of the hobbit or the hobbit and early versions early drafts of lord of the rings tolkien is still kind of telling a kid's story because like in the hobbit it's like bilbo and and uh 
Oin glow, Owen Glowen, Gif, Biffer, Bofer, Bomber. It's kind of. Oh, like, I can name. I can name all the dwarves if you'd like. Okay, go ahead. Dwalin, Balin, Keely, Feely, Dory, Nori, and Ori. Owen Glowen, Biffer, Boffer, Bombor, and Thorin. Thorin, very all good. in that order. Thank you, thank you. I'm I'm here all week. You know how I know that? Oh. Because of the uh, uh, the the Rankin Bass cartoon. Oh right. Yeah. 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 Cool. Very good. Um, Thank you. Anyway, but like, so, you know, the, the Hobbit being more of a children's story, apparently when Tolkien first started writing Lord of the Rings, he, he started out writing that level of a children's story. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It was more childlike, yeah. the early drafts, and that's what she's kind of talking about. I believe, and I believe Strider was supposed to be a Hobbit. Trotter. Well, he was called Trotter. I don't know if he was okay. a Hobbit. Yeah, they were they were gonna have Strider Trotter as a no. Yeah. I think that Strider was like right. Uh, this gets into all that, and it also yeah. gets into how Frodo used to be named uh, Bingo, which would have been really unfortunate. Oh, that would have so been terrible. when Tolkien first started writing drafts of a long expected party, Bilbo was briefly considered for the role of protagonist once more. So it was going to be Bilbo's story. However, by the third draft, he was substituted with Bilbo's son Bingo. When Bingo, son of Bilbo of the well-known Baggins' family, prepared to celebrate his 55th, 75th, 72nd birthday, blah, blah, blah. Right. Bingo is a placeholder of the figure that would later become Frodo and for the most part already realizes much of what Frodo's functions were to be. One might claim that despite his struggles, Frodo, at least in function, was the first hobbit to become fully formed for Tolkien. The name Bingo persisted for a long time, but was later changed as Tolkien's fiction became more serious and would therefore require a more suitable name. As opposed to Frodo, Bingo, like Bilbo, follows a more childlike tradition, as was also present in the name Trotter, who, of course, later grew into Strider. As the book was initially to be a children's book, the initial companions that would follow either Bilbo or Bingo were also assigned a simple setup that would make them easy to grasp. Bilbo goes off with three Took nephews, Odo, Frodo, and Drogo. Changed to Odo, Drogo, and Frodo. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. <laughs> accompanying notes states uh, that while Odo believed no more than a quarter of these stories, Drogo was less skeptical, and Frodo believed them almost completely. It should also be noted that this Frodo is not the same as the Frodo of the finished product, as this Frodo would disappear quite early in the writing process. However, as the narrative became more complex and less like a children's story, so did Tolkien's Hobbits seem to be more complex. A great example of the uncertain aspects of the narrative is to be found in his early notes, where he had suggested a dragon would come to Hobbiton. Damn. And the hobbits would acquire a more heroic role. This, however, was soon rejected. So it's, it's interesting that like that kind of childlike tone of the Hobbit book uh, was kind of present on the first in the first drafts of Lord of the Rings. And imagine if it was like Bingo, son of Bilbo, fights the dragon that invades Hobbiton. Oh, wait. I did hear, though, that the uh, writers of uh, the show writers for Rings of Power uh, are going to like do this exact same thing in the next season. <laughs> They're going to have uh, uh, Nori's uh, 
uh, um, Nori's daughter, uh, Nori's Dory. daughter, Dory, and Dory. they gotta find her. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta find Dory. Oh, oh God. Okay. No, but but what I'm saying though is like, but 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 remnants of what she is exactly saying are, I would say, are present all the way th- uh, up until the time they get to Rivendell. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, there is a serious tone, and you've got like, um, you know, like particularly Mary and Pippin that were way more developed in the, in the, the book than they were in the movie, which, you know, go figure. Cause right. you know, they uh, like, but there, there were distinct, um, there, there were complexities to, to all these characters, you know? Right. Right. Um, and I wonder, I wonder, I wonder though, because he wrote the Hobbit for his kids essentially. Right. Right. I wonder if it like, like if, if he, you know, again, in Tolkien's mind, and I'm sure he wrote a letter, or whatever, you know, um, say, say, whatever, but that he was like, you know, the kids aren't kids anymore. They're, you know, young adults. And, right. You know, like, why am I writing a children's book? Maybe I should just kind of, uh, you know, make this like a, a serious fairy story. And as opposed to. I think to, there were several, uh, con- not conflicting, but several competing tendencies. A probably his publisher was like, "Hey, we want a Hobbit Part two. Yeah, yeah, and that might have in, influenced him to make it more childlike. However, his children, his own children, had grown up, and I think there was this need in him to connect this material to his larger myth, his larger, like Baron and Luthien and the the elf, the uh, high elves, and all the Silmarillion stuff." Yeah. Um, the Lord of the Rings is like a, a stepping stone, a halfway point, because it's not for kids like The Hobbit, but it's not this like high mytholo- mythological. Um, I mean, if you read The Silmarillion, it's it's almost like you're reading the Epic of Gilgamesh. Um, <laughs> um, because. Because it's um, it's like this. It's very alien, almost. It's not like a, a typical story. It's like you're reading ancient epic from from the ancient past or whatever. A high mythological style. Lord of the Rings is like halfway between those two. It's between The Hobbit and The Silmarillion. Yeah, in, to- yeah, in tone. In tone, but the first book, I think, I think the first, like the Fellowship, I think universally, or uh, let me take that back. The people that we know, we associate with, all love the um, the Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. But but the Fellowship of the Ring is the book that everyone's like, yeah, that that's that's the one. You know what I'm talking about? It's the most close to one's heart because again, because of these reasons that I was just describing, it's like it's earthy. It's like about it's on the human or Hobbit level. Yeah, and, it's, and and it doesn't have it doesn't. I don't know. I mean, once you get into the war, the great big wars of the of the second two books, it's, it's it funny. becomes well, less ahead. relatable slightly. Well, to to like jump a little bit ahead, which whatever. When like when the first time I read the 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 um the the and this was like really like where like where the story was told in a very linear fashion, right? 
the the Fellowship of the Ring was very linear. Mm. Yeah, you know where the the two towers now all of a sudden you've got oh you got different stories going at you the got same, different stories yeah. going at the same time I because what I was going to say is like when I was a kid you know like the first time I read this I was like I don't I don't care about Aragorn or um, right. Legolas or Gimli I wanted to see what was happening with Frodo and Sam I read all of that and then just kind of very very quickly <laughs> glanced over you know right it wasn't until like I read it the following year where I'm like oh okay this is this is cool. Right, you know? right, right. I mean, and again, I was like young enough. I think I was like not even ten. Maybe, maybe I was, yeah. maybe I was ten when I started reading this. So, like, I, uh-huh. I, I identified with the hobbits. I didn't identify with right. the men. Uh, with 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 right. the three. But they were know? they were hunting hobbits. They were looking for hobbits. They were looking for hobbits. You know, and right. and 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 I do remember like enjoying um, when um, Treebeard. Yeah, when yeah. when Merry and Pippin, because it's like, hey, these are these are my guys here. You right. Know? Yep. 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 Yeah, um, I, know, I agree. I, I, I kind of felt that same way. Like, um, I was just slightly less interested in the whole, um, you know, if 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 uh, Gimli and Legolas had a chapter unto themselves where they were doing something, I, it would probably be the my, my least favorite chapter of the whole Lord of the Rings because they're like lower down on my level of concerns. And not but, nothing, but nothing it, against them in particular, but like... You know, my main interest is with the the hobbits and maybe to a lesser extent Aragorn. Right, right. But but when you know it's like when when uh, Aragorn and Gimli and 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 uh, Legolas were together, it was it was from Aragorn's point of view. Right. Again, because like of you know whatever quote that got like the or the someone left in our our comments. Like Tolkien would never write anything from the perspective of a uh, from a you know from from the from an elf or a dwarf because they're not human. They, there's right. no way that we can relate to them. Right, right, you know? right. Yeah, and hence, and, and I made this point in a prior episode, but like that's why I thought the the um, Rings of Power was so uh, disappointing in some way because like. Uh, you couldn't relate like you you were trying to make this character the main character and a high elf who naturally is unrelatable so therefore you have to kind of turn humanize. her into something that's not a, humanize her like we said humanize her and then that's a dud too so it's like you can't win I already we already made that point yeah yeah yeah. Anyway, we, we should probably wrap this up. Cool. Yeah. I'll no, but but I mean, just to wrap it up though. I mean, yeah. like you said, this this whole the whole chapter just kind of set the stage for you know. And again, let me just point out again that that you know Gandalf, you know, knew something was uh, was crazy afoot. Like he, he he dropped hints about the yeah. Green. And then Bilbo himself was like, "I feel like I'm getting old." You know, it's I stretched. feel like stretched, and I feel like. Uh, butter spread too thin on toast or whatever right 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 and uh yeah yeah so so i mean again like like it's hard for me to step outside of like knowing like oh he's talking about the ring but they are laying hints you know i mean it it, and and it didn't take them long to get into like the ring is the 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 culprit here you know what i'm talking about i mean it was like the first two chapters the you know there's um you know the uh um shadow of the past yeah. Where basically Gandalf, you know, kind of spilled the beans right. to Frodo, you know, um, but cool. which um, we'll do, which we will discuss next time. Shadow of the right. past, yeah. Shadow of the past.
which they named the first Rings of Power episode after. 